The following episode contains sensitive information. Listener discretion is advised. You're tuning into the Fearless Fridays with Marianne podcast. As a best-selling author, certified life coach, and speaker, I created this podcast to inspire, empower, and transform you from the inside out. From time to time, you may hear a solo episode, but for the most part, we will be joined by real-life guests who have overcome adversity. But as they have done the work, today they are thriving. So grab your pen and paper as we get started and learn firsthand tips and tricks to change the trajectory of your lives so we can live a free, fearless, and fabulous life. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Fearless Fridays with Marianne. Today, we have an amazing show, um, and we have an amazing guest with us. So without further ado, let's bring him on and get started. Hello, how are you? I'm doing amazing. Thank you so much for having me today. You're welcome. So please tell us your name and a little bit about yourself. My name is George V. Gonzalez. Uh, I'm a real estate agent. I'm also a published author and inventor and public speaker. Beautiful, beautiful. So you wear many hats, an author, speaker, real estate professional, an inventor. So how did you discover and nurture these different talents and how do they intersect with one another? It's funny that you say intersect because I say that all the time. They're in, they're all intertwined. This is why I do them all together. You know, and I actually talk about these in my books. So I talk about real estate. I talk about in, uh, inventing. I talk about, uh, of course, the journey and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So it, it's the things that I'm most passionate about and the gifts that God gave me and also the journey and the life purpose that he has also given me as well. Beautiful. So the batting pro is a very unique, you know, invention. Can you share the inspiration behind that? And how has this invention impacted your life and career? My, my the invention, the batting pro was, it was a, a gift that was given to me. You know, uh, I woke up in the morning one day, like at three o'clock in the morning, and I had this image in my mind and I sketched it out. I went back to sleep, woke up in the morning and the sketch was right there. And uh, my daughter, I picked her up from school and she said, daddy, what are you doing? Because I was, you know, still, you know, doing some stuff with the sketch. I said, "Daddy, shouldn't it have this? Shouldn't it do this? And why doesn't it do this?" Mm. So my daughter, at that point, actually became the co-inventor, and she was going to be about twelve years old at the time, you know. But the the way that came about is that I was unemployed at the time, and my daughter wanted my daughter wanted to play softball, and my daughter didn't get picked to play. So me and another parent decided to be the coach and the assistant coach, and out of that frustration. That's when the uh, the idea came when I woke up that morning. Wow. How, and how was the invention received? The invention was received amazing by my daughter. My daughter became a five-time all-star, one-year rookie of the year, and one-year MVP because of the prototype machine that I made for her. Wow. Now, unfortunately, I haven't been able to launch it yet because when I was going to launch it, that's when our previous administration went in office, mm-hmm. and we went into a tariff war with aluminum steel with China. And then after he went, he, after uh, when he was going to get an office, we were in the pandemic. So the whole world shut down. Yeah. And now we're in a recession. But right now, I'm actually, I have my production run in, waiting in China to be released. So I'm getting a lot closer. But um, but just just the impact that it's already done for my daughter. Like I said, she became a five-time All-Star, one-year recruited, one-year P. And then her self-esteem, her confidence was, was so elevated 
you know, she just graduated from Long Beach University with a business marketing degree. And uh, she just got a job with the LA Galaxy soccer team in LA. So oh, wow. extremely excited. So that was the impact right. of that battle machine in that experience in that field because of that machine. Wow, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. So you are also a best-selling author of the book, Answer the Call. So can you share the inspiration behind that book? And who was the book for? Uh, the inspiration, I was called to write it in 2021 during the pandemic. Mm -hmm. I had this feeling that came over me that just hugged me and said, it's time to write the book. And I was like, wait, wait a minute. That doesn't make any sense. We're everything, the whole world is shut down. This doesn't make any sense. And then it, it came over me again. And then I, I just had to be obedient and, and really write the book because I had always uh, wanted to write a book because it was too stories in that book that I talk about that I've always wanted to talk about. One of them was my grandfather's journey when he migrated from Mexico to the United States mm -hmm. and how I use that as the foundation of everything that I build and also a story of my father battling alcoholism and passing away when he was 53 years old. And that was those two stories that I, I always wanted to share because I wanted to make sure that I, I impact and I shared them with people where potentially they could get away from the substance abuse problems and also the family to get involved because as I was growing up, we didn't realize that my father was an alcoholic because it was just normal to us. But when he passed away, that's when we realized, oh my God, he was an alcoholic. Just because he didn't drink every day didn't mean he was an alcoholic. He drank every other day and a lot during the social gatherings and the weekends and whatnot. Therefore, that was an alcoholic, but we just didn't see it that way. You know, so I wanted to make sure that I touched on those stories and, and uh, whatnot, because there's a lot of people that battle with certain substances, not just alcoholism. Right. So so my book is really about people wanting to reinvent themselves to motivate, and inspire people, the next generation, which is definitely important to us. And also the people that are that are living through adversity, through struggles, through some catastrophic event in their life that they're looking to really to get themselves out that are struggling. And that's really who that book is about. For. Yeah, that's beautiful. And you're also a speaker. So do the two go hand in hand? And what what's what propelled you to start speaking? And what's your favorite topic to talk about? Well, I, I was called to speak, but I was I had like this image in my mind many, many years ago on being on stage. Mm -hmm. And as a matter of fact, when I was 19 years old. I went to this event in, in uh, uh, Northern California to this Arco Arena, which is like 50,000 people, and like 20 people went on stage talking about their story, their journey, stuff like that. And I was like, wait a minute. I think I can do that, you know? And I, and I think that's really when I planted that seed. And then just my life in general and the journey has really given me some, some really impactful stories that are relatable to a lot of people that are impactful where I can motivate and inspire them, like I said earlier. And um, I just listened to that calling and that nudge. And I used the book because when I wrote the book, that's when I was invited on podcasts and on speaking engagements and stuff like that to colleges and universities. So the book is really what, what really opened that door for me to get on stages, something that I thought that I could always do. But that that's how I was called to do it. Do you speak more to men, women, younger adults? Does it matter? Who's your target audience? 
my target audience, like I said, is the next generation, and it's a combination of, of boys and girls. And it's funny because it's the girls that really come talk to me after the, the when I get off stage and tell me, Mr. Gonzalez, I wasn't going to be here today, but something told me last night that I should be here. Mm. But I've resonated with everything that you said. I mean, I, I can really feel the intensity of your stories. And I can see the importance of it. But just to let you know, I was actually going to take my life last night. Mm. And I've heard a lot of stories from a lot of people telling me the exact same thing. So, and that's what tells me, wait a minute, this is bigger than I thought it was. The calling on my life is much, much bigger. And the impact is going to be much greater because if this is what they're feeling and this is the kind of impact that I'm that I'm doing with, with these young people and the other people that reach out to me through DMs and social media and whatnot, I have to get on more stages, on more podcasts, and put a lot more content out there. That way, I don't lose anyone right. on on my on on my calling and on my on my watch. Yeah, that's that's definitely very impacting. So, what advice would you give to someone who may be listening or watching us, you know, later on that is dealing with some form of you know substance abuse or mental health issues that's thinking about you know taking their life? I would say that those thoughts are not yours and those thoughts are the, of the enemy. And uh, if there's, if you have some kind of uh, adversity or attacks on your life is because you're meant to do something great in this life and you have to do everything in your power to protect yourself and maneuver in such a way to reposition yourself in another area within another circle of friends, another city, another state, another country because there's something huge that you're supposed to be doing here on this life. That's what I would tell them. Yeah, that's so good. So in addition to being a speaker, an author, an inventor, you also are a real estate uh, professional. So how, you know, how has your fearless approach influenced your success in being in the real estate industry? Well, be, being on stage and, and just writing that book has allowed me to, with my clients, for them to know intimate parts of me, you know, of my journey, my struggles, and the things that typically people don't talk about. So I want to people to get to know me on a personal level so they can know that they can trust me because I've gone through some things. And then, so basically, every time I meet somebody, I actually give them an autographed copy of my book. And when they read it, they want to do business with me because now they trust me because I just opened up my life to them. Right. And that has also allowed me to get referrals from clients and that has definitely generated more income for me when I close some deals with them, either buying or selling a property with them. Yeah. What are some of um, some challenges that you may have faced, um, especially when it talks, you know, about real estate um, and how have you overcome those? Because, you know, especially now that the housing market is ridiculous, you know, what advice do you have and what are some of those challenges that you have experienced? The most challenging heart and heartbreaking part is that when i give clients or potential clients all the information of the market the data right the previous recorded data not my data previous recorded data uh, that's collective and i tell them look this is what this is what's happened in the past this is what the future looks like properties are going to continue to go up over time that's just the data from the past 70 to 80 years that's recorded right I know you say that you want the properties to come down to crash, 
similar to 2008, 2009, but based on this data, that's not going to happen. There's a lack of inventory. They haven't built 20 plus million homes in the previous decade compared to the other decades be, uh, behind them. So showing them that data, and when I do that, and they still don't make the decision to buy, and then they call me a year or two later, three years or five years later, when they could have bought a house for 200,000, that same house is now 600,000. And the rent that they used to pay before was only 12 to 1600 is going to be 3500 right because they didn't get the data that i that i put in their in their in their possession and make the decision that they knew that they had to make and then some of them told me george you should have convinced me well my job is not to convince you to do something that you don't want to do my job is to give you the data to show you everything and really hope that you make the best decision for your family and that's been the hardest part and the heartbreaking part. What are some of the reasons that people hesitate? Have they shared that? Yeah, they say they think the market's going to cr- the market's going to com- the crash. The, the property's going to come down because it happened in two thousand eight, two thousand nine. They're expecting the rates to be at one percent again, which that's probably not going to happen ever again. Yeah. That was probably like a fluke in the system, and it's not going to happen. Yeah. So the rates right now they went as high as eight percent in the United States. Now they're somewhere between seven and, and eight, closer to seven. So I tell people like, look, you can buy now and refinance later, but you can't buy high and lower your price later. Because once the rates come down again, everybody's going to jump in and it's going to push the prices back up. That's going to happen because there's such lack of inventory. Mm. So you shared a little bit about, you know, your dad being an alcoholic and how that impacted your family. But what specifically have you, what adversity have you specifically gone through? What challenges have you personally faced and how did you overcome those? I have gone through because I was unemployed for two and almost three years. Uh, I fell into a depression because I felt useless. I didn't feel that I was, uh, because I was raised by such strong men that were supposed to protect the families. We are the breadwinners and we are the protectors. And I didn't feel that I, I could protect my family at that particular time. And I also had suicidal thoughts, you know, so that was extremely difficult for me. But then when I started coaching my daughter's team and then I felt useful to helping my daughter and seeing her being happy, it, it, it snapped me out of that, that dark place that I was in and gave me a reason to live, which I was, I was living for my daughter, because I was her protector, I was her guide, I was her coach, I was her mentor, I was her teacher. Yeah. And then I, I was able to get back into the to the work field again, got my job back. But then I something happened to me again that I, I had I had an accident, and I dis, it dislocated uh, one of my lower discs, one in my mid spine, and one in my neck, wow. and that put me for out uh, for almost four years. Mm heavily medicated again and that medication again took me to that dark place suicidal thoughts again because and then i got divorced and i lost everything you know so i was that was like my lowest point of my life ever Mm. and i had to remember again the sacrifices of my my grandfather i remembered again the, the struggles of my father and the promises that i did for him and also remembering my daughter and that she was i was her uh what's the word i'm looking for here i was going to be the um the person that guides her through example right not telling her what to do but just through example 
So I had to make sure to snap myself out of that. So I, I got off the medication. I was able to think straight. And then I heard a whisper. Mm-hmm. And that whisper said, real estate. And that's when I actually decided to get my real estate license in 2015. And the reason I did that was because when I was uh, 14 years old, I was doing kitchen and bathroom models and rehabs with my dad and my uncle. And I brought that that experience forward to 2015 and I used it as a foundation of my real estate business. That's beautiful. So, you know, through your healing journey, you know, was therapy ever, you know, part of the equation? My therapy was YouTube. My therapy was books, uh, biographies of people that that are successful and just learning about their story, their struggles and their adversity and knowing if these people did it, if they made it through homelessness and all this other stuff that they went through, suicidal thoughts. And some of them actually attempted to and, and uh, almost succeeded commit suicide by hurting themselves and surviving that. I knew that I could survive everything that I was going through myself. So I was able to grab onto those things. And that's also what helped me through it. That's beautiful. And thank you for sharing that. So, you know, juggling various roles can be very demanding. What strategies do you use to maintain balance and keep your focus across the different professional endeavors that you are involved in? I use my phone a lot. (laughs) I use my Google Calendar a lot. So basically, everything has to be on my calendar. All my appointments have to be in my calendar. And whenever something comes up, it's either going to be the difference of, okay, it, it doesn't fit today. It doesn't fit tomorrow. So guess what? On the third day, that's what's going to happen. Yeah. So I make sure that my podcasting and my um, my speaking is a priority for certain times of the day. My real estate is a priority for certain times of the day and also the weekends. Mm-hmm. So I made sure that I make sure that I put them in certain places where they don't interfere with each other, right? And it takes big discipline to not cancel an appointment that was booked two or three days ago because somebody says, okay, this needs to be done now. Well, yes, it could be done now, but it can actually wait till this particular day at this particular time. So having that, 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 that discipline of doing that and having people understand, okay, this is how things need to be done. It wasn't easy at first. It was extremely difficult. I'm not going to yeah. lie to you. Yeah. Was there ever a point that before you got, you know, focused on using your phone that you missed an important, you know, event or a meeting that could have changed the trajectory of your life? Uh, not necessarily that extreme, but definitely some appointments. Mm. Uh, but uh, I want to say that there was something that somebody that reached out that was potentially a major person that could uh, catapult my life many levels over, and uh, I questioned it. I prayed on it. I cried on it, to be completely transparent with you. And uh, it made me realize that that person was not the right person for it Uh, because of certain conversations and the way it made me feel. It didn't feel right. Mm. And sometimes you have to listen to that because sometimes the wrong partner can destroy everything you're trying to build 
sometimes it's better to take a little bit longer mm -hmm. and build yourself along the way and work with more people versus just saying that this person is going to change my life forever and it's just that one individual but that that was that was it was a hard uh thing to accept for myself as well how did you get to the point of you know learning to trust yourself especially as someone who has faced you know different adversities and not having a job and you know depression and things like that that you were able to trust yourself enough to be able to walk away from this i i've always had like this this knowing that i was special and um that i had certain gifts and talents and then i also believe that i had a certain calling over my life mm. over since i was a young teen but i just didn't know what that was because i haven't even lived life yet mm. but i but i had a, my faith was so strong that i knew at the right times certain things would start to expose themselves to me and that i believe that god would guide me in a certain way because i always felt protected even though through these dark times that i went through i wasn't scared Hmm. I felt that I was being protected and shielded in such a way that because I felt like life in those particular instances wanted me to hurt myself, which told me that it didn't have power over me, which then again told me and re kind of uh, reaffirmed that I am being protected. But I, I'm meant to be here for some reason. It, did, it doesn't make sense at that particular time, but once you're out, and especially when I wrote the book, like all the pieces started coming together and made me realize, wait a minute, that's why I was supposed to go through that. Mm -hmm. Because now when I talk to somebody, I don't tell them, I can just imagine what you went through. No, I know what you're going through. And I know what you went through because I was there once too. Yeah. So I'm not just talking about, I wish I knew, no. I know because I experienced it. So that, that started making sense when I actually published my book. That's beautiful. How, you know, what advice or what would you tell someone, you know, a family member, a loved one that has someone in their life that is dealing with substance abuse or, you know, alcohol abuse or something like that? What advice would you give to the loved one? I would tell them that we have to face it we can't ignore it and pretend it's going to go away because it's not going to go away. If you are able to acknowledge it, accept it, and really uh, accept the fact that our loved one does have a problem, what, it, what are we going to do about it? How are we going to approach them in such a loving way to let them know, look, I know you think this is only affecting you, but yeah. it's also affecting us. I know you're trying to hurt yourself, but it's also hurting us too. You keep saying that you don't want to hurt anybody but yourself, but the collateral damage is us. And God forbid you will be gone. We are the, the ones that are going to have to live with that for the rest of our lives. Yeah. And I think, but talking them in such a way that it's loving and, and with compassion where they don't feel that we're attacking them and they were coming from love because we care for them and because when they're gone it's going to hurt us so much i think that's where we need to start what if the individual doesn't realize that they have a problem they never do 
they never do. But again, talking them <clears> in a certain way and using things as examples, like sometimes we see things from the inside looking out versus the outside looking in. The view is different. So if you don't see it, that's because you're right in the middle of it. But if you will remove yourself there and position yourself where we're at, you can see how damaging it looks from here. And it's going to catch up to you. Because there's multiple stories of family members that have been crushed by these same experiences. So let's learn from their experiences so we don't have to go through that ourselves. Yeah, that's beautiful. Thank you for that. So, you know, so facing challenges is inevitable, you know, especially when you're on a fearless journey. How are you living a fearless life? My faith, you know, knowing that I'm not here by myself, knowing that I'm here to do God's work by the by what I'm doing. I'm here. I'm here to serve, to motivate and inspire people, to open doors for people, to show people like, look, George went through this. If George survived this, that means I can survive it too. But let's go a little deeper. How did he survive it? What did he have to do? What was his mindset? What kind of faith did he have? Did he have faith? Did he lean on to that? Because a lot of people that I've noticed when I started reading like a lot of books and a lot of biographies and following a lot of influential people that are very successful, they weren't talking about their faith. And it's weird because it's almost like I was, I was wanting them to say that. So I, I, so then I can dig deeper into that, but I never heard it. And then finally, this last uh, since the pandemic, this way, a lot of people. I'm not sure if you noticed this, but a lot of more people are now talking about their faith. Yes. Mm -hmm. And how God got them through it, and how they would see things, and He would give them downloads and stuff like that. These are things that people weren't talking about before, but they're talking about it now because collectively we're going to save each other by sharing these experiences and connecting the dots to wait a minute. Everything is leading us to the same place is to God, to our creator. No wonder we feel lonely at times. No wonder we feel alone. No wonder we struggle and we don't feel fulfilled. Is because we're we're lacking the ultimate love, which is our creator, the ultimate love. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. And thank you for sharing that. So as we start to you know wrap up, what advice would you give to our listeners who may be thinking about becoming an entrepreneur, getting into real estate, and what lessons have you learned that have helped you in your journey? <clears throat> What whatever career path you decide to take as far as entrepreneurship, understand that this journey will not be done and cannot be done by yourself. You need some people aligned with you. So I would recommend if you are by yourself, find a coach, a mentor, a trainer, somebody to guide you through the first part of that journey and learn as much as you can for them. That way you shrink in the learning curve in that way you're successful much sooner to remove the grief the pain and the struggles that they've already experienced so there's no need for you to reinvent the wheel when it's already right. invented okay. right so that's what i would recommend that's so true so before i ask my next question you read a lot mm -hmm. you know a lot of uh, biographies what has been the most surprising biography like individual that you've read about 
I would say the most impactful book that I read was Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. Mm. That is like the Bible for entrepreneurship. And it's funny because he talks a, a lot about faith mm. in his book. And the book is not faith. It's not a faith book. It's not a religious book. Right. It's an entrepreneur book, but he talks a lot about it. Now, the most powerful biography that I've ever uh, read uh, by a man is definitely the Walt Disney biography. Oh, it not only is was it very impactful to me, but me and him shared the same birthday. Oh wow, which made it like a double whammy. Yeah, right. Uh, but as far as the most important book and the most important person that I now follow is definitely the Bible and definitely my creator. Mm -hmm. That is definitely has changed my life completely. There was times and even now where I should be, my life should be chaotic and stressful or whatnot. But yet I have this peace over me that I've had for about going on two years now that I didn't experience my entire life. Yeah. And the reason I say that is because uh, I had this worst spiritual attack in my life almost two years ago. And I felt like my soul and my 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 spirit were being yanked out of my body. I literally thought I was going to die that day. I thought that was like my end day right there because I've never had ever felt any kind of pain in my life, not even through the depression, the suicidal thoughts, the painful experience of the the of my injuries mm. anything come close to what i experienced that day and the only thing that i thought about that moment was to get on my knees pray and cry within a couple of minutes everything was gone and like this peace came over me like this quietness i'm like it almost didn't make any sense yeah but then i knew what it was i'm like wow so that's what it feels like mm. So that is really what it is. And I had never, ever had uh, read my Bible before. I've had it in my possession for like 15, 20 years, but I had never read it. Uh, not to mean that I didn't have faith, but I just, I couldn't read it because it was too complicated. Right. And, and, and yeah. at that moment, it's almost like I was giving authority and access and the ability to read it. And I was able to read it, but I was told not to read the Old Testament, but to read the New Testament. And it's funny because when I was reading it, it it's almost like there was a lot, a lot of relatable things to my life, mm. to my struggles, to my journey. Yeah. And I was like, what? Is this why I wasn't allowed to read it before? And who mm. stopped me from reading it? Because had I read it before, I would have been better prepared for my journey. To be honest with you, yeah, I'd have been better prepared, mm -hmm. you know. But but that's that's definitely the most impactful uh, uh, biographies and books that I have written that I would definitely recommend. And this is not me putting religion on anybody. I'm not pushing religion on anybody. I respect what everybody believes, yeah. but that's just what helped definitely. me in, right. in my journey. And that's definitely what I would recommend if somebody would ask me my personal opinion, of course. Yeah, definitely. Do you have a favorite Bible verse? I want to say it's Psalms 91. Nice. Pray in a secret place. Yeah. Just you and him, one-to-one. -one. No one needs to know whatever you're talking about. No one needs to see you cry or whatnot. No one needs to see you humbled on your knees speaking to him. 
it's only you and him. And that's what I love the most because I'm a very humbled individual. I'm not flashy by any means. Sometimes I just like to blend in. Mm -hmm. And I think what Psalms 91 is just telling you, you don't got to tell the world your pain. Just come and tell me your pain and I will help you through it. That's why it's so meaningful to me. I love that. So as we get ready to wrap up, what do you have, you know, what are you working on? What, what are you looking forward to in the new year? I am looking forward to motivating, inspiring a lot more people, reaching a lot more people, doing a lot more podcasts, a lot more speaking engagement, selling more houses to my clients so they can, because I know that there's no one better than me to take care of my clients. And I truly believe that in my heart, you know, so the sooner I can get to my clients and the sooner I get to my tribe, to the, my people, my soul family, to help them and motivate them and stuff like that. Because my goal is to reach a billion people in my life with the story of Answer the Call. Because Answer the Call is not my message. That was a message that God whispered to me also. Because my book was going to be a called American Inventor. But American Inventor is more self-serving. Mm. When he whispered Answer the Call, even though I didn't understand what it was at the time, a couple of weeks later, it came to me that answer the call is about finding your gifts, your talents, and pursuing your life's purpose. And we're all being called to follow the calling on our lives. That is what uh, I look forward to the future. I love that. It's beautiful. Where can our listeners connect with you, support you, and learn more about you? You can follow me on any of my social media platforms. I'm most active on Instagram under my name at George underscore V underscore Gonzalez. And if you go to my bio with all my information, you actually, you'll see a tab uh, for my book. You can actually download a free copy of my book from Kindle Unlimited. And that's a gift to all the listeners and all the followers. Awesome. That's beautiful. Thank you. And I'll make sure that to have that on the show notes. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. Thank you for being with us today. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for listening to the Fearless Fridays with Marianne podcast. Make sure to stay connected with us and you can find us on Facebook at MRD Empowerment Solutions or on Instagram as Marianne Rivera Dannert. You can also visit our website at MarianneRiveraDannert.com. As always, you are fearless, you are fabulous, you are a priority and you matter. Hi, I'm Kelly. And I'm Kelly. The host of Getting Real with Bossy, the real, raw, and honest podcast about small business ownership. We created Bossy to be a safe place to ask the hard questions and to get support that's necessary. With our experience, nine businesses in over 25 years, we continue to bear it all and share what we wish we had known. We move past the must-be-nices and start getting real. Come along as we interview small business owners and get the true story. Leave with another tool for the next time you feel alone on this journey. Business ownership leads to unexpected knowledge. What are you an expert at? Tell us at Getting Real with Bossy and subscribe today.